So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important, like intergenerational community and inspiring music. And we won't be able to give you any cookies, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts, perfect preachers, or, well, perfect, really. But hey, we're your hey, average pastor. Hey, speak hey. for yourself. <laughs> we're average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started the podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Now, what we, we have here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday so that it's easier to listen to and perhaps sparks your imagination. We hope that as you listen to it, you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And feel free to join the conversation yourself. You can disagree with us. You can argue with us. You can counter us. You can agree with us and believe that we are geniuses. That is also fine. Yes, we're okay with that. (laughs) Or at least that we've given you something to think about. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris... I preached from the 17th chapter of Ezekiel. I don't know that one off the top of my head. Mark 3 I've got. I don't know the... <laughs> you don't have those all I don't all know memorized? Ezekiel so well. Oh, anyway. Um, Ezekiel, this passage in Ezekiel is part of a larger poem that's talking about um, how God will be present with the people of Israel who are in exile. Oh, okay. And how he's going to get them out of this trouble. And um, so it's a poem, so it has these great flourishes, right? It's sort of, it's like, it's like reading a poem that you're like, what is this about? Images and exaggerations and, and this kind of thing, right? And I joked with my congregation that Ezekiel's form of writing makes Jesus's parables understandable, you know, in, by comparison. Oh yeah, Jesus' parables are a lot easier. I started with some background. So Ezekiel, prophet. Got it. Um, speaking to the nation of Israel, or Got at it. least the part that's in exile okay. in Babylon. Um, that would be Israel. Judah was in the south. Reminding people that Babylon, the Babylonian Empire had this practice of rearranging people to keep mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. So you take the leadership and those who can organize and you take them out and leave the peasants and the, the people can be kept under control. Right, because you only conquer a country if you like it. Right. So they liked their art, or they liked their management systems, or they liked their banking, whatever they liked. Or their resources. Their resources. They yeah. they take out the people who can manage those resources. They, you know, so it's a way to, to, to disrupt the social and political order, mm-hmm. right? And keep people subjugated. And whenever we talk about prophets, I always have to remember to remind people that what prophets are not people who tell the future. No. Right. That is such like that is such an ingrained thing that every time I mention it, there's at least two or three people in the congregation who goes, I go, don't know I that. I don't know that. Prophets um, talk about what's going on now and what's right. right and what's wrong with that. And they, you know, and, and we get this sense of future telling because what prophets are really good at is saying, if we keep going the way we're going, this is bound to happen. And sometimes what happens is that we don't listen to the prophets and, it and we happens. go down that path and it happens. So it looks like they told the future. My favorite is when there's a prophet who tells people, if you keep going down this path, this is what's going to happen. So they change their path. And then the prophet gets angry because now they're wrong. 
Like Jonah. Right, Jonah. That's... I mean, he was fictional anyway, but it's just but, like, yeah. ah. Right? But you... you got the desired result, but it ends up making you look like a fool. Right. So obviously, Ezekiel, the book in the Bible, is written from this perspective, right? Ezekiel mm-hmm. is trying to help the people work out and, and figure out where God is in the midst of this horrible situation. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of chapter 17, Ezekiel lays out the, the political situation they were in. But he uses it using imagery, right? So he talks about the great eagle. The great eagle? Is that Babylon? The great eagle, Nebuchadnezzar. There's, there's a puppet king placed on the throne. Mm-hmm. That person who is, uh, who is uh, loyal to Babylon, to Babylon is, is, is ruling. And then Ezekiel talks about another great eagle. And that's a pharaoh. A pharaoh. Oh, I can't say his name. How do you spell it? P-S-A-M-M-E-T-I-C-H-U-S the second. Semeticus. Semeticus? Let's go with Semeticus. We'll go with Semeticus, right? Is whom Zedekiah, who is that puppet king, decides to change his allegiance. What happens when the puppet king changes allegiance? Uh, trouble? Trouble. So Zedekiah, the imagery that Ezekiel uses is that that the vine spreads out its roots and branches in hopes of gaining the military support of Egypt. So the to, to, puppet to, king is trying to get Egypt on their side to fight right, Babylon. Right, right. This is like Game of Thrones style stuff. Oh yeah. You think you think you think that came out of nowhere? <laughs> no, it came from the ancient world, right? Of course, this is not a good thing. And Babylon goes smush. Mm. So to illustrate what smush means, Babylon cracks down on the kingdom. Cracks down on the kingdom, yeah. And Ezekiel is connecting the dots. He's saying, this is why the people of Israel are in the situation they're in, right? This is why you are separated, why there's exile. Your leadership has forsaken God. And your leadership has um, forgotten the covenant that God made with them. This is the leadership that's in Babylon or the leadership that's back in Israel? Babylon. Okay. Because really the guy... They're trying to figure out why they're in trouble, and they're saying it must have been something we did. Right. And and so Ezekiel reminds people in, in the passage that's specifically in the lectionary this morning that, that their freedom is not going to be found in a bunch of alliances. Right. Right. Their freedom comes... It, the, the two it doesn't e- come the from two great political eagles. maneuvering. It doesn't come yeah. from... They're going to fight over the cedar. They're going to fight over the grapevine. And in the end, there's going to be nothing left. International war. It's going to come from something else. Does he offer them a solution? So Ezekiel sees that that power power managing or that power trading is going to be doomed. There is hope, though. And the hope is that God is going to take things in hand. And the passage talks about taking the tender sprig... Like the tender sprig of the most tender sprig of the off the top of the cedar of Lebanon, off off the top of the Lebanon, like the the best, right? Like the the most hopeful, and that that is going to return to the promised land, and it will take root and it will become a cedar, a great tree where birds come to rest, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the eagles are those, right? But so he's saying if you get your act together, together, then God can build something with you, right? But you I mean, gotta get your act together. It makes total sense that people would be a little desperate in a time of political uncertainty. Mm-hmm. That they would be looking for what are the what are the solutions of the day instead of looking for the more countercultural. What are the things that God calls us to that could actually build a surer foundation 
Right. You know, I, th- I think that there are folks in our country who might understand being overwhelmed by the political nonsense. Yeah. In these I think days we totally, I mean, I think there are people in our audience who understand that. Being totally overwhelmed by the nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't get more specific than that, but to wonder where the allegiances of the people who are ruling you are. Right. And to question and to be anxious about. And, and trying to do something that's within your Feels within, like it might be within your power, within even your though power. it's not. And so when you're a person maybe who doesn't have a lot of political power in a country that is a democracy, is right. a republic anyway, um, but has some democratic democratic systems in it, how do you do the work? And I mean, that's certainly true in all the areas of our lives. When there's chaos going on, what can you do? You return yeah. to who God has called you to be. Right. And this image that, that Ezekiel is using is the cedar. Right, this right. big straight. It's, it's it's renowned for its how how straight it grows and how rapidly it grows. Mm-hmm. It, so for its first forty five or fifty years, it grows very quickly, mm-hmm. and then it, it has and then to it slow is. down a little bit to make it strong enough to keep right. growing. Right, but it keeps growing at seventy after seventy years. But it's like, but it's solid and mm-hmm. it's straight. There's a lot about the cedar that's pretty cool, but but you know this is the image that Ezekiel is giving is, you know, we're going to start small. Mm-hmm. The hope is, the hope is all we've got right now. Mm-hmm. But what is going to happen is greater than we can imagine. And that probably speaks to a congregation, like any of our congregations that are maybe not the big box church, maybe not right. the heavy hitters in town that are trying to figure out, well, like what, you know, what is our role? Mm-hmm. Like, well, we're going to start small. We're going to, we're going to be who we're, who we're going to be who we're called to be. And yeah. God is going to do something with that, but we don't need to have any control over the outcome. Yeah. And to, to hold onto that idea that, that God holds those keys. God sees all the possibilities from this point. And God has some favorite possibilities, mm-hmm. some preferred possibilities, and that we, you know, we, we can join those or we can screw them up. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is process theology at its best. Right. That there's a recognition of sort of the cosmic scale. That sometimes can make us feel really small, mm-hmm. but is not intended to. No, it's, it's intended inten- to make us feel part of. Right, to be connected with. Right, one of the reasons we feel that overwhelming sense of of smallness when we stand on the beach is because we want to have control over everything, right, right. and it's very apparent that we don't. Right, but because we're on the edge of becoming, mm-hmm. right, one, we're becoming. You know, we realize that we're we're in the midst of that. There are natural consequences, right? Like we screw up and there are natural consequences, right? But God continues to say to us, like Ezekiel is saying to the people, God's not giving up, mm-hmm. right? There's a way around this that you cannot yet see mm-hmm. or a metaphor to describe what you are going to experience mm-hmm. that you will not understand until you are through it. Mm-hmm. There's a new thing about to happen that we may not realize is happening among us until it is over. Or we might, if we are just connected and attentive and paying attention to the hope that has been planted that will grow and could grow into a cedar among us. Some things are worth waiting for. Hmm. Right? That kind of that kind of sense. Well, and I mean we're in the middle of this huge shift, right, in the life of the church and in the life of our communities. 
We're in the middle of this huge shift and we don't have all the words for it yet because we don't know what it's going to turn into. Like it's right. real easy for us to talk about the enlightenment because it's over. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's like over. That. It's real easy for us to talk about the modern era yeah. because it's over. But in this era that we're in now, we are still becoming it. Right. And so we we can guess where it's going. And there's sociologists who have done that. Phyllis Tickle is one of them. You can try and guess where it's going, but really what you have to do is just live into it and see what what God is guiding you into. And then generations from now, they'll look back and go, oh, this is what was going on there. Right. We right. may not have the whole picture yet. Right. And we may never, we, we, we probably won't get to experience the neat bow mm. on yeah. the experience, right? Like, I think that's what also makes it hard is that I think personally, I, I realize that I'm in the midst of something that's going to be on going on past my lifetime mm-hmm. started before I was born in some ways and will definitely, you know, we won't be able to talk about it because the next thing won't be happening yet. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the kind of thing. Right. And this leads really well into the, you know, the, the saying, you know, humans make plans and God laughs. Oh yeah. Right. Like, like that's where we are is that we, we get all caught up in making the plans thinking we can control this. And it's not that God's trying to spite our plans, but that no. God sees the bigger picture and knows just how futile. It's like when you play Connect Four with a little kid <laughs> and they can't look two steps ahead. ahead, you know, like they can't, they can't right. see the pattern. And so they're just randomly playing. Right. And sometimes they luck out, but most of the time I'm, they don't. Right. And so you, you know, you have more experience playing Connect Four than they do. And you're looking at this pattern and going, I'm going to win again. And they're going to cry. But that, right. like, they're kind of giving you no choice, right? Like right. that's sort of where God is. Right. With like, us. like, like, like when, when look at these adorable people dropping these checkers into these slots, and they have no, no idea, idea what's right. going on on the rest of the board. And so, my question to folks is: Where are you making plans and forgetting that God has something to say to? Mm. Are you? Are you? Have you decided that this is how your life is going to look, and you haven't asked what God is going to do with you? Mm-hmm. Have you decided that X or Y or Z is... Or here's the timeline. If this hasn't happened in the next five years, then I'm a failure. Right. It's like, well, maybe God's just doing something else with you right now. Right. Or maybe that's not even supposed to be on your agenda. Mm -hmm. Right. Or maybe that's not the the thing. You know, where are you getting ahead of yourself and causing more work for yourself? Like how many times have you thought about something and, you know, made that plan and done all the work and then realized you should have, you know, you should have paid attention. Checked in. Checked in. Right. Is this really in line with my deepest values mm-hmm. as a human being, as a person of faith, as a child of God? Or is this something that I'm being told I need to do by culture or by my fear or mm. by my rage or yeah. by my sadness? Like, wh- where is this actually coming from and how much has God actually had to say about this? Yeah. The illustration I gave on this whole this whole line of thought was um, how many times I have finished a sewing project and known partway through the project that it's never going to fit me or it's... <laughs> gonna look weird but i finished it because i didn't want to rip it out yeah and just and how you useless s- and, and, and 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 how utterly useless is that just because you spent a long time making a mistake doesn't mean that you should keep making right. it like the time sink thing right yeah. like or the fact that one of the things we say, sort of say as a culture in the church is oh children are our future or youth are our future right children are part of the church now they're part of the church now right you get it when you're older right and it's like no we need to hear if they're going to be the church tomorrow, then they need to start building the church today, today. because yeah. they're the ones who've got to live in it. Yeah. Instead um, of building the church for the people who are already in the church, yeah. who Makes no aren't sense. going to be here in 10 years. Right. 
or even the nature like what another example of where we where we we get ahead of ourselves and we don't check in and we don't like it's in our process of grief mm. we we want to avoid it we want to walk around it and and the reality is we have to go through it and experience it mm-hmm. and all of that plus all the examples i hope that have popped into other people's minds you know it's just an example of it's just a way of saying God is still working. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to pay attention. Whether it's two eagles fighting it out, or as the metaphor, or whether it's God, you know, having the experience of God not giving up on you yet. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go see where God is moving, and let's let's be a part of that. And Ezekiel says, you know, pay attention, because if you if you looked around, you know, you would see this too. Mm. Well, thanks. And thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, you can shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or at sundaymorningsleepin.com where you'll find all of our episodes and all of the notes and links to all the things we've talked about. The scripture for this podcast is Ezekiel 17, 22 to 24. And the music you're listening to right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. Stop. Take a breath. Think about the plan. Is the plan where God is leading? Does God have something to say to what you're doing? Go forth. Look around. See what God is asking of you. See where where God is not giving up on you. And share that hope with another. In Christ's name. Amen.